anything that you're eating. Oh, bro. When I tell you, yes. You don't jazz your gaze. He said that he doesn't want a G wagon because it's it's too common in Lecky. <laughs> Hi everyone, it's Beatrice. It's Tammy. And it's Sharon. And welcome to the 11th episode of the BTS podcast, baby. Ah, no more pew pew pew. Have we left that one in episodes one to ten? Yeah, the bin. I gave you lot. I gave you lot the bin. Now I'm retiring. I'll hand it oh, over wow. to someone else. Oh wow! I thought you said it was season every two. Episode thing. I'll hand it over to someone else. You know what I mean? <laughs> pew pew pew. <laughs> maybe Sharon. Maybe Sharon will have that one. Nah, there's yeah, absolutely maybe. no way that I'm doing pew pew pew. So why you got to say like that though? You got. <laughs> <laughs> there's no way I'm doing it. <laughs> done. How's everyone been though? How's everyone doing? Not too bad, thank you. Not um, too bad, man. Well, I finally recovered from work. Oh, of course. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. See, see how quick they forget your struggle. It was never me. I never forgot. I never. Forgot. No, you had. You gave me one second, and I remembered. Okay, one well, second, one, one second too many. <laughs> oh sorry i'm so sorry dumb. you don't are you feeling my head. are you feeling better now yeah yeah 100 100 but i've got um i think i've got like one more day of my antibiotics and then yeah and then i'm all done if anyone i swear some antibiotics yeah. Yeah, they're getting more ridiculous as they cut like i don't even know if it's you yeah but yeah. sometimes like take five a day one hour hmm? for food two hours two hours <laughs> after you've done this it's like yeah i had to take land. i had to take three a day i was like three, three. a day yeah, yeah. three Three a day. Oh yeah, they are getting well, three a day for one week. I'm thinking, what's going they on? They are here? getting more aggressive with the Man, antibiotics. This is what I'm trying to say. There was one time where I had three different types of antibiotics, and it was like one of them I had to take one hour before food. One, one of them I had to take one hour after food, and then one I had to take two hours before food. So you have to start planning, and you can't even eat. How many? Oh, Guys, how many reminders? I said, if you want to kill me, honestly, it was crazy, but I made it. Yeah, I made it. <laughs> <laughs> I swear it's a battle. Thank God. You know? Thank God. And the thing is, like, you know when you miss one, you're thinking, "Hey, God, working." <laughs> 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 if, oh if my mom finds out I'm not taking one, like, ah, see, see, yeah, yeah. Look at yourself. Look at yourself. It's not gonna work. I'm when gonna... I was when I was a bit younger and I didn't fully understand like how to use it, I would wake up in the night. Like I would wake up at like, three in the morning and be like, "I need to take my antibiotic." <laughs> Then when I told the doctor one time, he was just like, you don't need to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just mm-hmm. like, oh, so I can sleep through the night. I'm so done. Why did you say this? <laughs> but um, I'm I'm doing okay. Um, Obviously, I've been <laughs> sorry. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I was going to ask me. Um, I'm doing okay. I had some sad news over the weekend. So still kind of processing that, I won't lie to you. But apart from that, I think, trying to see the positive in terms of celebrating life rather than mourning it too much Mm. um but yeah apart from that i'm okay okay guys so today we are kicking starting something new um since it's now a black history month as you guys know october in the uk is where we celebrate black history um so we decided to kind of make this month focalize on that because obviously (laughs) we're black 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 the fact that we're black so um our episodes from now are going to be focused on you know being black um and hopefully you guys enjoy this i'm actually looking forward to it because i think it's just something that you know 
you really need to kind of delve into um, and just have that time to appreciate kind of how far we've come um, and also kind of look forward to the future. Um, obviously, like I mentioned, you know, Black History Month is celebrated in the UK in October, even though it's celebrated um, in February in the US. And in the UK, it was actually started in 1987 by a Ghanaian analyst. And I believe his name is Akaiba Adai Sebo. Hmm. Hmm. Look at that name. Serious bro. name. Serious name. Okay. And it was first celebrated in London in the UK. It seems like every time it's always London. I, I can't somebody from Manchester and Birmingham be doing something anyway. <laughs> there's no black. There's no black. There's no black. It's true. It's true. It's still spreading. It's still spreading. <laughs> it's still spreading. <laughs> but um, yeah. So we're just gonna basically make everything focused on Black History. If you guys have any suggestions as well, obviously send them through to us. We're open to kind of you know taking anything on board. But yeah, we're gonna kick start things off with a new thing. So I hand over to Sharon to kickstart it off. Take the poll, take the poll. Take the poll. <laughs> <laughs> I almost forgot. Anyway, <laughs> so, when I heard my name, I said, mm? <laughs> you know when you're falling asleep in lecture and then someone calls you or you're yeah. on a team's meeting and they're like, so what do you think, Sharon? You're thinking, um, yeah, I agree. I don't think you've missed anything, really. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, I 100% agree. Yeah. Um, I just think that we need to really focus on what you just said, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, Yes, yeah, so guys, you know, obviously we normally do a song a song of the week each week. But for the month of October, um, we're going to do a Black Business of the Week each week. So I'm going to kickstart this. Um, and my Black Business of the Week is Nubia's Crown. So <laughs> Nubia's Crown is a Black-owned UK hair business. Period. Um, and they sell <laughs> extensions. So they sell um, faux locks. And if you guys don't know what they are, they're basically like dreadlocks, but like a fake version. Mm. Um, and you can like crochet them into your hair, put them into your hair. And it's actually, it was actually founded by my friend who I met at uni called Peace. Um, and she's doing amazing. I, I see met her fam. She amazing. is really killing it. I see it all over my Instagram. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, if you guys want to check it out, it's Nubia's Crown. So Sorry, any... I need to add as well, please. Hmm. This one I need to really add. When I place my order on a Wednesday, hmm. by Friday, it by was Friday. in my house. <laughs> hey. Nice tree. That's sealed and delivered. So people <laughs> be taking notes. Signed, Thank you. Delivered. And how was, was how was the customer service? Ten fantastic. Out ten, ten out of ten, bro. Exactly. And there's always a code that you can be using to know not some yes. coins off. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. She tells you ex- exactly how many packets of hair you need to buy. Yeah. So it's not going to be like you get to the hairdresser and they're saying, mm, you only have two, leave five. <laughs> and then also what I like as well is the fact that, you know, they have the you know the tools that you needed so you can mm-hmm. do it yourself so the actual crochet needle and yeah. they added now like you know those clips that you can add on to your yes. locks to make it look jazzy so basically you don't need to go anywhere else jazzy. Like one stop <laughs> jazzy <laughs> not jazzy again anyway <laughs> <laughs> sorry sorry it came out it came out but I like the fact that basically you can go to that site and everything that you need is there and that's what I love about you know certain businesses where you don't need to be going okay let me go and look oh. for something else to go and oh, yeah. fix it another thing is well, if, if you follow her instagram um there's sometimes like tutorials and stuff so if you wanted to do your hair by yourself there's loads of tutorials on her instagram that show you how to do it if you want to see how is that gonna look how is that gonna look somebody has every single style like 
when I tell yeah. you every single style is always sold out like all the yeah. time and stuff and she's always restocking so it's just amazing I love it Honestly. um she's smashing it she's doing so well so yeah as I said if you want to follow on Instagram it's called Nubia's Crown it's N-U-B-I-A and then Nubia's apostrophe S Cram um and on her website it is I believe let me just double check double check yeah it's just www.nubiascrown.com so yeah guys we'll put we'll put like a let me be like a screenshot or like her page on Instagram as well on our Insta story so go there to see um yeah it's amazing guys definitely check her out in this episode we're just going to really be talking about um how it is to be black and also being black in different different environments so we're just really just going to look at our journey and how far we've come especially with the whole black lives matter and all that stuff that's Mm -hmm. been going on so i think in order to kick off this whole black history month it's going to be a good way that we talk about like our journey how we started where we are now do we feel like mm-hmm. there's going to be like progression is there mm-hmm. light is there light mm-hmm. at the end of the tunnel as they say but mm-hmm. i think it's just best just to just focus on us first and then we'll see how it goes from yeah, there so, cool. so i think we just easier just to start with me see nobody wants to start this thing so um, I would say that I'm trying to think of my experience best just to start with primary, primary school. So I went yeah. to primary school in East London in, Gizm- mm-hmm. in, in Good Maze. Some people would like to argue that that's Essex, but mate, that, that was the hood. That was the- <laughs> when you lived in Essex, you know. That's yeah, that, that was yeah, the, that was yeah. the hood. So um, I don't know. I feel like my experience, <laughs> my experience in living in London was a bit different because in my primary school, like the majority of people were Asian and mm. there was hardly, I think there was like two white girls in my class, mm. two white girls, I think a bit more black and then everybody else was Asian. So I never really had like, I don't know. It was weird. I never felt like outnumbered. Like I didn't feel like a minority. Sorry. I didn't, yeah. I didn't feel like, mm. Oh, everybody is one way. It just felt very um, diverse so mm. I never had, to, I don't think I ever dealt with like racism at that age. And I moved out of London when I was 12. So from, from when I can remember to 12, like I never actually experienced any, like, any form of racism. What about you guys? Yeah, I think I'm kind of this, well, no, I'm half and half. So I basically spent like, um, maybe like the first three, is it three years? Yeah, let's say like three years um, in primary in London. Um, and I went to a school, um, primary school in Hackney, which is Northwell Primary School, which I have to just note is the same primary school that Lord Alan Sugar went to, just putting it out there anyways. Um, so that's the primary school I went to and it's basically predominantly black um, during that time as well. Yeah, during that time it was predominantly black. So I didn't really feel indifferent. I felt comfortable. I even remember it clearly, you know, like the especially... In, as I'm going to be comparing it to Essex, like the environment was just, you know, I could just do whatever I want. Mm. Um, you know, everywhere I look, there was someone that reminded me of, you know, myself to some extent in the year above and the year below. Like there was always someone that I could look to that looked like me. Um, so yeah, I definitely didn't have any problems there. Um, but then obviously I then moved to Essex, uh, where I am still now. Um, and I went to a primary school here and it was very different. Uh, you can imagine being surrounded by black people to then basically being the only black person in your year. 
um, or maybe like one in the year above and like one the year below. Um, and I used mm. to, you know, at a young age, you still pick up a bit of, you know, slang, let's say. I remember I always used to be kind of, bu- not bullied, but I used to be bullied to an extent on the use of the word ain't. Um, I always used to say, I ain't, I ain't. And people used to be like, what? Oh my God, that's not even a word. Do you know what I mean? So <laughs> already just by just, you know, that immediate- Kids are so mean. I know. Oh, kids I are the worst. <laughs> they have no filter. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, so immediately I moved, I, I definitely felt completely out of my own kind of comfort zone. Um, but I think I'm just one of them people and I'm, you know, it's not a good thing, which I've actually realised now, but I would just- I just thought, okay, this is the better way of living. I think it's because my parents kind of wanted to move out of London for whatever reason. And they kind of told me that it was a case of they just wanted me to be in a better school. Um, do you know what I mean? So I just assumed that, okay, this is the only way to be better, <laughs> to be in an environment that where I wasn't surrounded mm. by black people. So I don't know if you guys or Sharon, if you had that same experience at all. Um, yeah, I had a similar experience. So I was also born in London, Hackney. Um, and I lived in Hackney for eight years. So when I was in Hackney, I went to school in like a primary school in Hackney. Um, but I went to a private school because my parents, well, my dad was like adamant that I didn't go to a public school because I guess he was like scared or I don't know. Mm. Um, so the school that I went to was, it wasn't predominantly black at all, actually. I mean, there were a few black people, but like there were loads of white people. The head teacher was white um granted like her husband was black but it was like a it was a white-ish school I mean Mm. I don't know how to describe it like it wasn't predominantly black basically Mm. um but I felt really comfortable it was a Christian school I felt really comfortable there um Mm. obviously living in East London like like you said Beatrice I picked up a lot of slang Mm. I used to say in it man all the time oh, I still say it now um but I used to yeah. say in it man or in it or just man so when I used when I moved to Essex when I was eight um when I started at school I got bullied for that as well the fact that I kept saying in it man in it man and people mm. were like oh my gosh like, why do you speak like that um and the school that I went to for primary school when I moved to Essex again like it wasn't predominantly white like there were like other like black people and stuff but um again I think it was kind of like a multicultural type of school if that makes sense it wasn't until I moved to secondary school that I really really felt out of place Mm. I think as well the fact that where I lived um in Essex it was um I had like a lot of like family friends around me as well and also my church yeah okay um and also my church was black and then when I moved to Essex it was like a multicultural church so I don't know like it wasn't terrible but it obviously like I think my thing was the fact that like I just spoke really different Mm. and that's what I got like bullied for not necessarily the fact that like I was black if that made sense I don't know if I really felt like oh I'm black I don't think I felt like that when I was in primary school at all Mm. 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 kind of goes back to the point that I mentioned in terms of our parents kind of felt that to get that good education, I don't know about you, yeah. But to get that good education, yeah, you, you had to come out the hood. <laughs> you yeah, had to come out the hood. and I don't know whether that's the is thing a good is thing. as well. Like I know we say that it's the hood, but is it though? Because when I was in secondary school, when we were at Brentwood, 
there was, I don't know if you remember, remember, I think her name was Hillary. Anyway, she was a boarder and she said that, oh, she boards because she lives too far away from school. And I was like, oh, where do you live? She was like, I live in Hackney. I was thinking, Hackney? I came from Hackney. How did your parents afford to, like, how are they, how are they affording to, like, send you to this school and board at the same time and I remember even a couple of weeks ago I told my I went when we went to um Shoreditch you know when we went for brunch in mm-hmm. that place what was it called um I originally I thought it was yeah I thought it was Hackney because I think the address was Hackney so mm-hmm. I was like I'm going to Hackney and he was like oh that's very posh and I was like sorry oh uh, yeah but so times I think have it really de- it really depends mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think times have changed though let's be real the Hackney that we know now is not the Hackney that was there when we I know, were. but even when Hillary was in school, I don't even think that's her name, you know, poor girl. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> even when she was in school, when we were in school, like that was what, 2005, 2006. I feel like it, it like obviously that like gentrification has happened and stuff, but I think it really depends what sides of Hackney you're talking about. Oh, like, of course, because there was always, the, there was a rich side and the poor side in Hackney. That's always mm-hmm. been there. Um, so obviously that depends but let's be when it comes to the black people the majority of black people were in the poor ends and yeah, true. um you know other races and stuff were in the rich end so i think that that split has always been there but you know it's just interesting when i think about that particular point i think there's some truth to it there's some element of truth i'm not trying to be you know in denial to what? in terms of moving out was better for me for in terms mm-hmm. of education wise but I don't know if that's damaging to the environment of where we came from or damaging to me. I don't know. It's a bit of a weird one, but I've just never really had time to really think about, you know, <laughs> that reason of taking me up. Was it actually a valid reason? Would I have not been able to I do as so. well? I don't know. Um, I don't know whether it's, to be honest, if the let's say the better schools mm. were like, because obviously we did the 11 plus yeah, so like man. the better mm. it, it has like the better schools were like in Essex and were moving further out and further out yeah so mm. I think my parents always said that we've we when when we did move that they always wanted to move maybe not as far as here because obviously my school and stuff but they did want to move out of out of London and I think it's not just because of education purposes but I think it's like safety as well I think around that time yeah. I think like crime rate in London like knife crime started getting like a lot more and things like that so I think it's not just obviously for educational purposes but it's also it was for our safety as well Mm. but then obviously we did move and then everybody is white (laughs) it's just like you feel like you just feel like is there no one is there no one here that looks like me like I think in my in my little area um the reason we moved here because our family friend also lives around here but mm. it was literally our family and their family. That was it. Like there was there was mm. no one else. Like even mm. sometimes you think that people look at you a different way and things like that. But I don't know. I I don't think my parents or like I don't think they ever regretted moving here. But maybe not as far as mm. as we did move. I don't know. I think it's because when I think back to like, you know, the athletic competitions that we went to and stuff, um, you know, when you like hear these different schools, I'm thinking, oh, where is this school? And they're like, oh, yeah, it's like North London or, oh, yeah, it's yeah. like West mm. London. It's like, ah, well, I mean, these schools are doing well. Not in what, terms of aesthetics. No, not because of aesthetics, but, you know, they were schools where it was like 11, where you needed an 11 plus to get into it. And also you had the stuff mm. like QE boys and, you know, all those kind of schools. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe, maybe it was the fact that there was just more there was more chance of you getting, high chance, sorry, of you getting it if you were in Essex because of the the numbers were 
were greater than the ones in London because I'm actually deep in it now. Some of the London ones they did tend to be private, like you know that haberdashers, yeah. haberdashers asked or yeah. whatever and stuff like that. And I'm thinking about or like, like um city girls, city boys, yeah, yeah. yeah. As well. and then you also, but remember and you had like the Latimer. You know there were some schools that you did you did hear about. But, but I think as well though, like it is the safety element too. Like yeah. and that's why my dad like said you know you have to go to private school and like that's why he wanted us to move out of Hackney because where we lived in Hackney as well like. Um, there were so we lived in the uh, when I told you hmm. there was police I still remember it now there were police sirens like almost every day every mm. week definitely mm. um, I even had a dream like, I can't do you guys ever have those dreams that you can never ever forget yeah. anyway when I was like six or five or six I had this dream um, about like basically someone chasing me from this park that I used hmm. to that was like near my house oh. and they like anyway it, it's really dark and depressing I'm not going to go into it but anyway um so obviously like uh the things that I saw and stuff and the area that I lived in like impacted me I guess to a certain extent because of the dreams that I was having and stuff like that so I think there was a safety element too but then I'm not saying that people who have stayed in London are like not better off like if that makes sense that we're better off because we've moved to Essex I don't know if that's true but I think our parents, you have to remember as well, they're coming from Nigeria. Mm. Well, not your parents, Tammy, but like my parents, Beatrice's parents come from Nigeria and then like you're living in a certain part of um, um, London. At least Good Mace, I think that must be better than Hackney to be oh, fair, yeah. which is where like, me and Beatrice yeah. like grew up. Yeah. Um, or were like born and stuff. And then it's just kind of like, oh my gosh, there's all this crime and stuff. Like obviously you have young children, you need to go to work. So you have to leave your children with a child mind, all that kind of stuff. Mm. And then you just don't feel like at, Ease, like do you know what I mean and mm. then you're just like let's just move to like a safer part yeah of the country let's just go mm. to Essex sort mm. of thing mm. Mm. yeah mm. I don't know I think with my parents I don't know I think they knew they they, they knew they knew I know they, they knew because because I, I remember they told me before they before I was born they used to live in Stratford and then they now moved to Chadwell Heath and that's mm. where I lived from zero to twelve mm. and I remember them saying that oh when they moved from Stratford for from Stratford to Chadwell Heath, all the friends are like, oh my God, that's so far out. Like, why are you so far? But now looking back, you're thinking, wait, Chadwell Heath is not far from, yeah, from any true. Stratford. So I think mm. in the back of their mind, they're always going to think that more black, black people are going to move to this area anyway. It's the same story that happened with Stratford to Chadwell Heath. So from Chadwell Heath to Essex, like, it might be the same thing. And truth be told, there are so many black people in this area. Well, maybe not yeah. like my in my there village are. but in terms of like this Essex in general they're mm. so from the time I was and 12 I think that has now, a lot to do with education exactly because Definitely. if you think about it as well like so the sixth form I went to was in Chelmsford which is in Essex for anyone that doesn't know but it was a lot further than where I was living mm. but even though it was taking me a really long time to get to school bearing in mind I already lived in Essex there were people who lived even further like mm. they lived in London London mm. who were doing the commute um so but it's I funny how a lot of people um you know in London there was um, I think the reason why the area was also good is because obviously the transport links were 100% certy in the sense that people that lived in London London they could even get I had to basically go to London London to then get to Chelmsford if that makes sense yeah. so you know um that but I, what I was going to say about the whole um people moving to Essex I think after a while you just think like okay my child is 11 years old like they're they can't really be doing this long ass commute because yeah, I do understand that there were transport links, but let's not lie, Beatrice. Actually, well, because you were coming from London, you probably didn't feel this, but like when you get to Shenfield, that Shenfield to Chelmsford train 
was always higgy hagger like it was always a mess and so I think when you think about the fact that your child is literally just going from primary school where you would literally drop them at school every day to now doing like a two-hour journey each way to get to school from London you're like do you know what let's just move closer plus if you're in the catchment area of that school you have a higher chance of getting into the school because some schools as well would say if you're not in our catchment area then you can't be considered yeah, for a place here. Yeah. yeah, but I think what Bitch just was saying in terms of people in London going to like a school in Essex, mm. there's the transport links for you to get from London to Essex as opposed to Essex to Essex mm, was yeah. a lot different because obviously from from Beatrice you would have to go. Imagine going to from Stratford. Essex, Essex to London to go back to Essex. Mm. It just doesn't mm. it just doesn't make sense. But for them, they're only mm. going from London to Essex. So yeah, I do understand. I do understand that aspect of it, it is it, it, mm. it is easy for them to get to to school as well but it's mm. just it's just long everything is long what yeah. would you guys say like your experience of being black changed when you got to secondary school um, i think for me i think it i don't really feel like i was outnumbered that much in the sense that mm. if i looked at the year above me there was like oh, what, yeah, four right. four black people in that year, but then for me in my form alone, there was like five or six of us. So it felt like I still had, I was still able to make friends. It wasn't like I was mm. outnumbered so much. And then obviously as well in my school, we did the whole like the Black History Month thing, and that, I think that happened. Yeah, when yeah I, I was even. Yeah, I think that. that happened when we, I was in year eight. So I had it still from a very young, young age, and then. When people did the Black History Month, it's like everybody in that school, if you were Black, mm. everybody knew each other because we had the Black History Month. And because Black History Month is in October, it always mm. came as soon as school started. School started. Yeah, so yeah. it was yeah. like we were able to literally, because obviously we had the girls' school, then we had the boys' school, then we had the school across the road also come and do Black History Month as well. So it was like, mm. it was like in that area, it was like a community of Black people. But obviously you would still feel like, oh, Obviously, the discrimination, the that, discrimination comes that comes with it all. Look at you guys again. They'll be treating us bad. We want to book a room to, to rehearse for Black History Month. Like, oh, no, you guys are leaving chicken bones and all this stuff. I was like, oh! <laughs> like, which chicken bones are you talking about? Like, do you know what I mean? So there was... That was Susie's. Exactly. So there is always an element of discrimination. And yeah. looking back now, there'll be times I'll be like, I'll be on my, on my bed. I'm like, wait. That was actually racist back then, but because you're yeah. just so like you're, yeah, you're just you're just like oh, like you just brushed it off when you were younger. But then when you actually look back, you're like wow, like that was a bit racist. That was a bit racist, you know. <laughs> that was yeah. racist. That was a bit you know? racist, you know. I'm so done. No, I I definitely have to agree, but um, I think mine's a little bit different. Where we didn't really have like um a lot of black people. No, we didn't. Um, in our school didn't really. All. We didn't. No, we didn't at all really. Um, and I think for example maybe in our year group there's maybe like five or six in total um and because our classes were taught separately so girls are separate to boys um again the numbers were less than that so sorry why was that i've always thought that why why i think it's just a product they just wanted to create an environment where you were kind of productive i think there's a study that shows that you study better when you're um in a class that's the same sex but then obviously you then had lunch and stuff and um so was that all the way till year 11 Yes. Yeah, and then sixth oh. form was mixed. Sixth form was mixed, yeah. Right. I actually, I mean, I I've never I think had it. Good. Yeah, I think it's good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I think it was fantastic. You felt in, you felt comfortable. Um, Not that you wouldn't feel, uncom- you feel uncomfortable if there were guys there, but you know there's like a different sort of 
vibe when it's just all girls. Yeah. Um, and like also with girls, especially, I don't know, there's always everyone can be joking and all that sort of thing, but we are kind of hardworking girls, if that makes sense. Yeah. So like yeah. you still have that driven aspect when it yeah. comes to classes that even though you're joking around, everyone knows at the end that you don't want to look you don't want to be disgraced when it comes to the test. But with guys, <laughs> I don't really know how the environment works. So um yeah. But anyways, <laughs> so with us there wasn't actually a lot. I mean just to, um, for context, me and Sharon went to the same secondary school. Um there wasn't a lot of black people at all. And I think like I mentioned like, I already so few that like at our induction day I remember me and my mum went to register and then you and your mum went to register and your mum literally was like, oh my gosh, another black people, another black person, black like person, you two being yeah. friends. And that was yeah. literally like, because there were literally just nobody, like it was even yeah, by the grace of God that we were in the same form because mm. it was just the two of us in our form. Yeah. Everyone else was white yeah, or yeah. Asian. Yeah, It's funny because I was actually meant to go to Brentwood. And it's funny how I was actually meant to go to your school. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was a trade. They traded us. Nah, trust, trust, trust. I'm happy with my. I'm happy with my choice. Me too. Okay. Me too. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm happy with my choice. I saw you guys' uniform. I'm very happy with my choice. Ah, <laughs> so done. Don't worry about that. We definitely pulled that up. Still, anyway. Still, and our scouts were cute. Yeah, true, true, true. Um, but yeah, no. I think, like I mentioned, I already kind of went through that. D- discrimination a little bit when it came to my sec my primary school so I I was kind of in that position where I kind of was used to it in a way um but then it was definitely you know highlighted more where there's an aspect of money that's now brought into it because Mm -hmm. my primary school was a was a um a huh public no because our our school is public (laughs) our primary school was a state school um and then our my secondary school was a public independent school so um it's a fee-paying school so there was an element of class and everything that was brought into that so that kind of intensified everything that I felt in primary school um 100 fold basically um I don't know if you want to add because I don't want to say everything about the secondary school experience because it's the same um yeah, I think like my secondary school experience was quite different to my primary school experience just because um, my primary school is quite school- small and my secondary school is massive. And then I think, yeah, like for me, it wasn't necessary. I don't know. I don't know if it was necessarily the race thing that really came to the forefront first. Mm. I think first of all, for me, it was the money. Mm. Um, it was just, it was like money I'd never really seen. It was like, a have just never experienced or seen that before so I think that was what like shocked me at first mm. um and then once you get used to that after the first year like you realize everybody has pools in their gardens and mm. people have tennis courts in their gardens or whatever mm. um and then it was the whole like discrimination thing but then again kind of touching on what Tammy said sometimes you don't even deep that it's happening mm. it's not until now where we're older and we have a greater understanding of what discrimination looks like what racism mm. looks like because obviously they don't teach you about racism in school like a white nope. school's not going to teach you about racism mm. do you know what I mean or they it's do until... or they do that small one session and everyone starts looking at you in the history class oh yeah it's true that's more like one hour session on slavery or something mm, mm. anyway um so school is not going to teach you about like how like you know a white school is not going to teach you about discrimination against black mm, people because mm. what's their concern like 90 percent, 95 percent of the people in the school yep. are white anyway yeah um and so it wasn't until later that I was like wait hold on a minute like that was racist mm. um so yeah I think for me it was yeah similar to what Beatrice has said already really but um you know obviously you start to deep it later on I think at first like definitely the classism stuff mm. was really 
paramount mm. um and i just feel like we, well i can only speak for myself i feel like i'm really lucky that i was in the form that i was in because the mm. people that i was in a form with they were very level-headed but then mm. outside of that group of people mm. boy that it was a mess 100 mm. i agree with you on that like Beatrice has said, we went to a mixed school, but we were taught separately and stuff. But um, of course, like lunchtime um, and like if you play the sports, so like athletics mm. or like when we had like parties, like when people would have like their 16th or their 13th or whatever, mm. obviously you'd have all the girls and the boys and stuff. But you'd realise that nobody ever fancied you, mm. like nobody ever liked you. Mm. Um, and I think like in your formative years, like maybe that would, at first you might not clock but then after a while you might realize like oh like oh, everybody's talking about tom and harry mm, and, mm, and all these mm. other people that they like or whatever and it's mm. like oh nobody likes me mm. um and at first i i think i just thought like oh i don't know like they're just prettier mm. but i think as you get older you're just like oh i think as well the fact that the but reason black. people didn't really like me is because i was black <laughs> yeah yeah and for a lot of people actually they had no they had no black friends like mm. with the rich yeah like they tend to be friends amongst themselves because mm. of course like you're just friends with your mum's friends children mm-hmm. do you know mm-hmm. what i mean mm-hmm. and, and especially rich, because they... you know how um not all of them you know not to judge them or group them into categories but there were a few where you know for example it was mainly the dad that was bringing in the income or something along those lines so the mums would be able to like meet up and like have their lunches and all those sort of things whereas my mum is working full-time so she can't get involved in those sort of things Mm. that is such a key point Mm. um I think as well that that played a huge factor because some people's mums were friends mm. because of the fact that, like Beatrice has said, they'll go for tea after they've dropped the children at school. Or they'll go yeah. for lunch or they'll meet up for this and they'll meet up for that. But obviously, my mum's working full time. So, like, mm. she didn't really get to know my okay. friend's mums like yeah. that. Like, she knows a couple of them, mm. um, but not like as many as like some of my other friends' mums, mm. if that makes sense. So, I think yeah. that also impacted some relationships that I had because they were closer because their mums were friends as well and then like I said a lot of people they didn't have any other black people they didn't know any other black people apart from the two other black girls me and Beatrice that are like in a different form or something Mm -hmm. so I think that as well like impacted the fact that like sometimes they just didn't even know how to like interact with us sometimes Mm -hmm. like it would just be like awkward when you try to speak to them and stuff like that Mm -hmm. people used to touch my hair all that kind of stuff so I think Mm -hmm. school secondary school was very like what this is weird but then I think it was good in a way because I mean that's what the working world is like now anyway so at least mm-hmm. I've already experienced it before I don't think there's anything that can really shock me now true mm. true 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 okay so obviously we've spoken about secondary school and I think we'll quickly touch about sixth one before we move into the big uni <laughs> um, the big so, the big uni so <laughs> Um, with sixth form, for example, so um, like I mentioned, me and Sharon went to the same secondary school and it was a public school. And let me not lie to you, I think towards the end, this feeling of feeling out of place, um, feeling like not an anomaly, but I'm going to say an anomaly. I had enough of it. Like I genuinely was so sick and I couldn't believe it. Like I genuinely, when I first started, I didn't think that I would ever get sick to the point that I got sick <laughs> of the school um, and I was ready to bounce out of there like by any means necessary um, and some you know sometimes I look back and I think is that the right choice but honestly no matter how much I might have not 
liked you know my my sixth form choice which I actually end up did but which I actually did sorry um I just got so sick and tired of secondary school and um, I wanted to be in a different environment so I made a decision um to actually go to a grammar school um for my sixth form and like um Sharon mentioned it was deep into um Essex so this is the way I went to Chelmsford and I went to Kegs which is the King Edward's grammar school um I actually first of all went to Chelmsford girls which is the one that Sharon went to for one day um because <laughs> they didn't accept me <laughs> they didn't day. accept me they didn't accept me into kegs and I'm still vexed about that till this day because I thought my GCSE results were very good but they still said hell nah <laughs> so I happened to find my way to get into there but anyway what the major difference for me was the fact that I knew that there was actually quite a lot of Asians and black people that were in um in that sixth form um and yeah I just wanted a change and obviously when I started I realized actually you know we were still part of the minority but because those Asian people and the black people that were there um especially when it came to the guys they'd been there since year seven so they had already kind of established kind of their own or established like a good culture culture if that makes sense so when I was when I when I was able to join it was a lot it was actually kind of easy to be fair um and I had a really really good time I made some really good friends um and yeah I realized actually you know good education doesn't have to always come with a fee <laughs> um I thought that the education there was actually very very good for on you know on my part um obviously Sharon might say something completely different but I really enjoyed you know the teaching standards there I think I thought it was basically the same as Brentwood maybe not in terms of like all the opportunities in terms of like sporting for example which was massive in um our secondary school but yeah as a black person in my sixth form like I I was finally got to experience that you know being in a black environment to an extent um and yeah, I, I enjoyed it and I, and I performed well. So I don't think it hindered me as well in terms of my performance. Um, I don't know whether you guys had a different experience to that. Um, so yeah, like Beatrice mentioned, at the end of secondary school, we both moved. So the reason I, I actually really, really enjoyed my secondary school and actually like bar uni, maybe even including, I don't know, bar uni anyway, definitely, it was definitely my my most enjoyable um, part of education, hands down, like there's no competition there. Um, but the school was expensive and every year the fees go up and they go up and they go up. Mm. So um, my parents had already told me like after fifth year, which is year 11, um, you need to move school. So um, I moved to Chelmsford County High School for Girls, which is a grammar school, um, and it's in Chelmsford. It's like a literally like a five minute walk from the school that Beatrice ended up going to. But my experience of um, studying there was completely different. I hated it. Um, I made some amazing friends. Like I made some like lifelong friends, definitely. And so that's why I can't really say I regret it. But in terms of like my experience there, bearing in mind that sixth form is what, 18 months. Mm. Um, I hated every single day of being in that school. Um, the teachers were horrible. Um, that is, I think, where I actually felt black the most, to be honest. Um, I felt like an outsider as well, the fact that like I didn't go there for for um secondary school. So they used to like call us externals and stuff. Mm. And the teachers would if you weren't smart, like if you weren't naturally smart, which I'm not, like I do well, but I have to work extremely hard. Like I feel like I have to work harder than some people just because I don't understand things straight away. Mm. So um, 
I wasn't naturally smart. I was black and I was an external student. And honestly, some teachers, for some teachers, that was just too much. You're not allowed to call teachers sir and miss in that school. And if you don't know what a teacher's name is, what else are you going to say? Do you know what I mean? There were times where I would say, oh, sir, which is how we would address our teachers in secondary school. And the teacher would just shout, you don't ever call me that in your life. You have to call them like doctor this or Mr. This or Mrs. This, like you're not allowed to say sir or miss. Um, so yeah, like getting used to that school was really difficult. But I think, like I said, that was where I felt the most black. I mean, there were times where like the teachers would say to like me and the group of like black girlfriends that I would hang out with at lunchtime, like you guys are behaving like monkeys. There were times where there would be reports on the train and like the oh, black people would get get pulled into the office first and it'd be like we weren't even on that train like we don't even get that train that's not our train um and then they would check the cctv or something and realize i actually it's the white girls do you know what i mean um there were reports of like white girls like cutting off um asian girls hair teachers would call us monkeys i mean like that school was just something else. Like, I just, I hated it personally. Um, you were saying something about the Sikh girls with their long oh, hair. Oh, yeah. Um, so even like, you know, the teachers, not all of them, but a lot of the teachers were, or I don't want to say they were racist, but they exhibited racist behaviour. That's a racist, isn't it, really? But anyway, mm-hmm. yeah. um, and so did some of the the students as well so one of my friends was telling me that her sister still goes to the school and basically there was an incident where two white girls were fighting and one of the white girls cut the other white girl's hair yeah and that white girl got suspended now there was another scenario where this white girl cut this Sikh girl's hair and like you know in Sikhism Mm. I think the same the religion they cut they 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 grow their hair really really long like it's a part of their religion and she cut the girl's hair and then what she got i think she got she got told off or something that was it like Wait, there was i thought they said that they, i thought they said they even punished the sweet girl for getting to the fight oh i don't know i don't know i didn't hear that part hey <laughs> but either way it was like you know the same the same punishment that you gave when two white girls were fighting you didn't give the white girl who cut the the seat girl's hair like it doesn't even make any sense like it was Mm. just the teachers and the thing is as well in school is very damaging because you can't really like um you can't really complain like that when you're a student because these teach especially in sick form because these teachers are determined they're writing your your review for university Mm. and they're determining the predicted grades that you're gonna use to apply to university so a lot of students felt trapped Mm. and honestly like that school just boy when I tell you one of the teachers told me don't study I I think I've said this before but like Mm. one teachers was like saying like don't study chemistry at university because you're gonna fail and he said it in front of the whole class it wasn't even as if it was just like Sharon I just wanted to talk to you have a bit of concern because you're going to be studying chemistry and I don't feel like you'll be strong enough at it he basically was saying what you want to study chemistry at uni you're not gonna don't study it because you're gonna fail you're not gonna be good at it here um and then obviously I graduated with the first and then my <laughs> friend was even telling me like, do you remember when, um, what's this guy's name? Dr. Noble. That's his name. When Dr. Noble was telling you, you can't study chemistry at uni. And I was like, do you know what? I'd even forgot, but now that mm. you reminded me, I remembered that experience. And obviously it's very embarrassing. Sorry, was his name Dr. Noble? Hmm? Is his actual name Dr. Yeah, Noble? Yeah, Dr. Noble. That's so funny with the Noble gases. Yeah, so, trust yeah. me, trust me, trust me. <laughs> um it's kind of like mrs woods with geography but anyway um so yeah like 
it's just crazy and I feel mm. like you know teachers should be encouraging and those teachers were very demeaning and it was kind of like if you weren't their favorite student then you just were gonna amount to nothing and it happened to a lot of people there was another girl that I went to school with as well the head teacher told her she would amount to nothing she went on mm. to UCL studied her degree she smashed it and is like what she's like some senior something now and she wrote back to the headmaster headmistress how can your headmistress be telling you're going to amount to nothing like aren't teachers supposed to be supporting you hmm. the amount of people that have written back to that school and said by the way you told me i was going to be nothing but here i am something can you imagine <laughs> but yeah man so that school experience hmm. was just it was just hideous. crazy i think for me obviously my story is a bit different because obviously I went to a grammar school, then I left the grammar school, went to a, a state, I don't know, was it a state? I don't know, it was a Catholic school, sir. Went to a Catholic mm. um, boys' school, but the sixth one was mixed. So I don't know whether, because obviously I've had an experience of both a girls' school and then going to a boys' school, but obviously it was a mixed sixth one, but majority of the people in the sixth one were boys. So I don't know, I feel like I had a better time in that one year that I went to that boys' school, I think I had a better time than I did in terms of, like, teaching and all that stuff, like, compared to the five years that I did in secondary oh, school. Really? Yeah, Yeah, in terms of, like, actually enjoying school. I enjoyed mm. school, re- like, when I went to um, Tommy Moore, I enjoyed school. What? That school? Fam, I used to wake up and be like, I'm going to school. Like, I'm, <laughs> man, I'm going to school. Like, I was like, and it was just, I don't know, I don't know whether, it, maybe because it was a boys' school or what, but it just seemed like they cared for the, for the, for the children, as opposed That's to, important. as opposed to the grammar school where they only be caring about your grades and whether you want yeah. to make a small donation to the school. I bet. <laughs> but then, obviously, no, yeah. I then went to, I dropped out of Tommy Moore and I went to um, Palmer's. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Najongu <laughs> Najongu <laughs> Oh my gosh That college <laughs> Is only God that saw me through I'm telling you straight facts That's, <laughs> That college Like As soon as I got there I knew I think I knew Before I got there I knew one person Just one person <laughs> And it's not even like She was there all the time So it was like I was literally there by myself, like literally by myself. Like I knew no one. Mm. And it was like, mm. first of all, I knew no one. Not everybody was all white. Every, like mm. there was so many, like it was just a, a massive mix. And to even get in, like, even though maybe in your head, you, sometimes you're long, like you'll be like, oh, I'm finally going to a place where people look like me and stuff like this. But no, they can also be mean as well. So it's like, mm. you don't even know, like, you don't even know whether, okay, so do I go to a predominantly white or do I now go to a predominantly <laughs> more? You're now battling with yourself, which one is better? But I feel like me going to that college, it taught me a lot, like, I had to, be, had to have thick skin. Like, I literally had to have thick skin. Mm. And I'm mm. glad that I also went there because I did meet some friends for life as well. So I think, mm. I don't know. I didn't really, obviously, I did not experience racism in that um in that in that in that college because there was in that business department i feel like half of the teachers there were black really yeah i've never had a black teacher in my life the one black teacher that we had in secondary school they fired him because somebody complained oh gosh (laughs) 
but that yeah. they can understand his accent for context. Yeah, mm. like I think there were half of the half of the teachers in the business department were black. One of my teachers was even was even Yoruba. So it was <laughs> like I just felt it just felt so different, and it just felt nice to be around people that look like it was just very yeah. like it was just very mm. more like you had Chinese, you had. Um, Indian, you had your blacks, mm. you had you know, even the blacks, you had the Ghanaians. In, in school, everybody was Nigerian. There was no Ghanaian, mm. everyone was Nigerian, but in here you had different. So it was just, it was just, it was just like a fresh, it just felt like a fresh feeling going there. But also, as I said, mm. it was a jungle with mm. multicultural kinds think- of jungleness. So please. But now, obviously, the big UNA, like I mentioned, like, um, even though it was only for three years, um, I just felt like it felt so long. Maybe because we were actually like living there, if that makes did, sense. You did you feel really like it dragged? I feel like it dragged. Nah, uni went by so quickly. Like before you, before yeah. you could say Jack Robinson, they were calling. <laughs> they were calling your name across the street. You know, I thought you were going to say before you say Jack. No. Oh no, before you could say Jack Robinson, they were calling your name on the stage to grab your certificate. I'm like, oh my god, that uni went by so quickly. I think uni is one of those things where you think it went quickly, but then when you think about 2015, you're Mm. like, that was a long time ago. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, Yeah, uni, it was a mixture of it going quickly and it not going quick enough, to be honest. Yeah, because when I think now, like, it's been two years, basically one more year, the time that we're spending uni. I feel like these two years since I finished uni have gone by Faster. quick. Yeah, so that's why I'm saying now, like, uni actually dragged. But in terms of, like, uni and your experiences being black there, what would you say, like, if, just to sum it up, like, what would you say are, like, the, maybe the top two or three lessons or, you know, takeaways that you um, that you can say from being in uni? I really liked it, you know. It was funny because the London people would be like, there's no black people here. And I'd be thinking, are you being serious? Like, there's so many mm. black people here. I've never lived mm. with so many black people in mm. my life. Like, it was actually mm. hard to make white friends, I found. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because yeah. you're just always with black people all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think as well, because I worked there part-time, um, I had the I did have the whole feeling of I'm black because obviously some of the customers were actually racist. But um, in terms of like actual uni, like I don't I don't think I had any real problems. Like there were a few problems when I joined the ACS, like with the SU and stuff. Like you could feel mm-hmm. you could feel it then when they were a bit like, oh, what's the ACS? Like we don't really care about them. But mm. my actual experience of being black at uni, like, it was fantastic. Like, I enjoyed it. I made loads of friends. And Mm-mm. it was nice, actually, just being surrounded by black people and being entirely yourself. I don't think you really mm. get that. Like, when you live in Essex and you're with white people all the time, like, obviously, I have mm. white friends and stuff. And I'm able to be around, like, I'm able to be myself around them. But when you're around some other white people, you censor yourself a bit. You don't want to be too, mm. too black. But, like, when you're at unions, when I was at uni anyway, it was like, mate like I can be myself I can talk how I want to talk people are going to understand me I can sing a song people know the song do you know what I mean Mm, 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 mm. what about you Tammy um I think I'm a little bit different with Sharon because obviously because of the college I went to I was able to kind of be myself there so it wasn't like Mm. I I came to uni I was like 
here we are. I'm about to come out of my shell. <laughs> <laughs> so it was so annoying. So I, so the transition from college to uni wasn't too bad. But then at the same time, they were so, oh, in Coventry. Oh my god, there were so many black people. Like it was even overwhelming. How many black people? There? I'm thinking, is there not an Asian mother in this? In this Every single time, like, oh, for God's sake, you just see black, 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 black. You're thinking, wait, what's going on? Like, where, where are the rest of the people? But obviously, when you go to like lectures and stuff, there weren't that many black people on my course. There was loads of Asian, um, like international students, like Chinese, all this. Like, there was loads of them, so I was able to kind of get that balance because. You have to interact in seminars and stuff. So, yeah, I definitely, um, I never felt racism because it was so diverse. So you never, I never think that, oh, the lecturer or the seminar teacher is treating me a bit different because of the colour mm. of my skin. I feel like mm-hmm. with university, because there's people from all over, international students, UK mm, students, yeah. people people that actually live in Coventry going to the uni as well. So it's kind of like, mm. uni is such like, a bubble and I don't I, I never really felt racism but at the same time I did hear stories of people in other unis so like my friend Timmy I think he went to Bristol like there was this whole remember that, oh, remember that whole thing that and, uni went but off. do you know what's funny it was people that went to the to Westcliff boys that were the ones doing it they went obviously they all no yeah they way. all went to the same uni they all went to Bristol and they were still oh, yeah, that's it so it's kind of like that Bristol Exeter Durham that's where all these people Fam, went that's all where they yeah. all went with all their racist all of them they all went there so it's kind of like not everybody had that same experience like I did mm. and I think it also mm. I don't know whether it depends on the level of the uni as well because obviously my uni was a good uni but obviously it wasn't like a top uni like we're talking about Russell group unis I don't know whether that has mm. I think it does to be honest I think it has an effect on how many like diverse like more people from different ethnicities oh, yeah, going literally like no black people on my course like it was just me and two other people or something wow. mm-hmm. um but mm-hmm. i think as well the fact that i had experience of studying with people who were white really benefited me because um sometimes like i'd speak to like my other like black friends who were on my course and it was like they would never really interact with the other people on my course and i think when you're studying a degree Obviously, your lecturer lectures you, but you need to also be talking to your other peers because they also mm. are getting different aspects that you don't fully understand mm. and stuff. Mm. And I felt like the fact mm. that I was able to obviously really like it was easy to me to do that to like make friends with white people. With whereas mm. I noticed that with my other friends and stuff that like, they didn't really have that experience. So, yeah. Mm. What about? You? Do you guys mm. remember when I had that? What did you guys come over for? Maybe it was like a party or something. I remember we had breakfast in my kitchen. And there was that boy. Do you remember? I don't think I was no, there. Oh, yes. Tammy, you're the one that were like, Sharon, there's some boy in the kitchen telling us to all get out. <laughs> yes, I Basically, remember. Basically, he oh reported, God, like a, like, he reported like a... to me because he was like, oh, there's like a gang of people in the, in yeah, the kitchen. It, the and I was just thing. like, oh, yeah. my days. But I've had so many issues with this boy in the past. Mm. And he only had issues with me. And mm. he was the dirty one. Like, he was the one that would put mm. food down the... Oh, he was disgusting. But... Down the sink. He blocked he blocked the sink twice. Um the mm. man said the porter was like, if you do this one more time, like we're gonna have to charge you because it was just and there were times I couldn't even cook in my kitchen. Like I would have to take my food up to my friend who lived t- two floors above me and cook in his kitchen because my kitchen was disgusting. I just couldn't stand it. 
anyway but with uni obviously thank god after your first year you can decide where you're gonna live so mm-hmm. I was able to basically live with black people and that's essentially what I did for like almost every year that I was in uni how would you say like things have like changed now that you're working or have things changed um I think we're now back to school (laughs) (laughs) that's Um, the thing because obviously now we're now back in the corporate space um and yeah you're basically surrounded by white people and that's and that's that's that um and I think what one thing that's really hard is obviously not being able to see other people that are that look like you in the higher positions that you're aiming for and I never really used to think that it was a big deal until I obviously started working and it really does affect you because you just think okay like there's no one that's really done it that's like me so like is it possible I mean you you think that it's possible but when you look at the numbers for example especially in the corporate space you see a lot of black people that are like junior Mm -hmm. level maybe a little bit in the mid but then basically when it comes to the top level you just like just don't see them at all and you kind of think why is that and especially as a woman as well um a woman sorry when you're factoring like you know the fact you're gonna have like a family and stuff like that you know it's just like you basically feel like you can't even win in this Mm -hmm. space um so I know I think it's something that I'm still kind of battling and one thing that I I'm grateful for is actually my company I would say are doing well not well not the best but they're doing they're making changes especially with this whole Black Lives Matter um they're making changes and I'm happy to be involved in the process of that so for example with um, Black History Month I'm actually part of the committee so we've been organizing like the activities that we're going to be doing during the month and we've got like fun things that we're doing like we're basically having like a chef cook on obviously it's virtual now because of COVID but we've got like a chef that's going to come online and basically like tell us how to like cook certain ingredients so we can learn recipes and stuff like that we've got like um just different ways to kind of educate yourself on the black history and one thing that i really am really grateful for is that you know we're educating um our white colleagues on the topic as well because as much as it's important as much as you know it's it's cool to have that conversation between black people at the end of the day you've got to educate the others because what's the point just keeping it between black people Mm. especially Um, when they're the ones making the decisions Mm. exactly exactly so that's why it's so crucial but um yeah i do feel like you know with work you're going back to one but i do think there is a there is an improvement and we just have to continuously drive it but what about you sharon yeah i agree i feel like you do a full circle and you just do a 360 and you're like oh we're back to where we started um but i think Mm. you know having the experience of like i said earlier like being in this position before i think I was able to like adapt and also I knew the industry that I was going into so I kind of already expected it slightly I mean not Mm. to the extent that it is currently because it is really not fantastic but um my company is trying as well I think it's just I don't know it's difficult not seeing women black women in senior leadership is really really tough um because Mm. obviously you want to aspire to something and it's you can't like Beatrice said, you see the people, you see like non-white people at junior level, you see some of them at mid-level, but then when you get to those like senior leadership, you just don't mm. see anyone. So it's mm. like, well, people must have tried and they failed. So you're also thinking like, what is the point of trying? Like if so many people have already tried and they failed, is it insanity to think that I'm going to be that one anomaly that's going to make it? Do you know what I mean? Mm. And it's like, do you want to spend your whole career struggling and striving when there might be another firm like across the road that is actually hiring and and promoting their black staff. Do you get yeah. what I mean? So I feel like that mm. is a constant battle like in my head. And then 
Mm. Also, like, it's just hard always having to be the educator because that's not what I was brought in to do. Exactly. Like, I do enjoy mm. it, don't get me wrong. Like, I enjoy educating people on black history and, like, being black and stuff. But at the end of the day, like, it is definitely an extracurricular activity. And sometimes mm. when you are the only one, so up until April, I was the, so I've been at my job now for, like, 15 months. And so up until April, I was the only black grad across all of the years. Um, mm. I'm not talking about black women. I'm, I'm talking about a black person, period. Um, and so mm. the onus kind of always lied on me to do the stuff for the black community if that makes sense Mm. Um, and it's tough Mm. because it's like I'm actually tired and I still have my client work Mm. to do I still have the other internal stuff that I have to do but I need to also find the time Mm. to you know do this because okay yeah I could not do it but then it's like it will never get done because Mm. who else is gonna Mm. do it do you get what I mean Mm. so that is definitely Mm. tough as well but um I think as well looking on the positive it's like because I'm the only one that can do it like obviously I'm celebrated for the fact that I do it because only I can do it mm. if that makes sense um mm. so that's also a positive and I yeah I stole Beatrice's idea about the whole chef thing so we're doing that on Thursday to kick start off Black History Month um which will be the first of October so we've got a chef as well coming to teach us how to make jerk chicken and rice and peas so yeah I've told everyone I stole it from my mm-hmm. stole it from my friends so you got your credit. Don't worry, you got your credit. I said my best friend works at a different consultancy. They're doing this. I think it's a sick idea, so we're doing it as well. But mm. yeah, I just think it's mad how you, a gra- uh, that's on a grad scheme, a is grad- educating mm. people that have been in the business for years. When I tell and you, and it's like I had the conversation with my mum as well, and because I think her company were like wanting to do. Um, this whole diversity thing and she's new in her company as well and obviously she's black so it's like (laughs) i think the uh, boss was also like saying that there needs to be like more diversity and stuff like that and i'm just thinking why are they talking to you that's just joined the company about (laughs) like Mm. and i was saying to my mom like if there were people in higher places that were black they would Mm. be the ones they would be the ones doing it doing it they would make like why is mm. it? Why is there now the new job that everybody has? Oh, a diverse, a, a diverse officer, whatever they call that. That like there's a new oh, role yeah. that, that um to to keep. I don't even know what it is like. A person, like an EDNI officer. Yeah, to, to make sure that there's. I'm thinking. So why wasn't? Why is it now that there's the job role? There wasn't the job role five years ago. Mm. So it's kind of. I like, think that has a lot to do with um the Black Lives Matter yeah, movement. That's like I think. Yeah that has propelled a lot of stuff to get started. Whether that continues mm. will be exactly. kind of a test as to whether these people are genuine about what they're doing. Yeah. Hopefully this time next year, it's not like they never hired that EDNI officer. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? And the thing is, it's mm. like, mm. so it's so easy for businesses now to switch up and start saying things that like Black Lives Matter are doing all this. So, so it's easy as that. So why couldn't you do that before? It's now that there's like a... Mm. Uh, like, like not let me not say a backlash but now there's like a movement it's now that you remember that oh yeah. we can do that as well or we can we we can mm. create a job for a person to come in mm. and make sure that everybody's being treated fairly or everybody like there's a diverse kind of workspace so how, why why is it now because mm. of this movement so you were able to do it before but you just turned a blind eye to it because of what but do you know what, though, as much as that, as I was just saying that, obviously you need something to spark yeah. that change because that's even, for example, with this whole COVID thing, like this COVID thing has just changed life completely. Like 
it, I now think it's crazy to be at work from Monday mm. to Friday when mm. I don't need to. Like, if it wasn't for COVID, we would still be in the normal ways of working. Even, for example, with the hospitals, like, you know, how mad is it like that they never thought about just doing telephone calls and only going in if you need mm. to? Do you know what I mean? Like, these sort of things, you own, you have to, you know, there yeah. has to be something that forces you mm. to do it. Um, and, that, and that's across that's evident across history you know, yeah. it was like a movement or something that triggers yeah. a change so i think rather than focusing on the negative as to why not i think it's more about this change is here you need yeah. to mm-hmm. utilize it and if you don't make the right change right now you mm, won't exactly um, so that's why i'm kind of you know i see more of a positive yeah. spin and i just say you know what the change is happening let's let it continue and if it doesn't, then you just know that person didn't. It want just to seems that like these days people have to die for for there to be some sort of change. That's history, though. That is like, actually history. That's how like it's just, just always, it's just always been like that. Like civil rights mm-hmm. movement didn't that start like when I could be wrong here, but like when Martin Luther King died, like I think that's when it like mm. started properly suffragettes didn't somebody emily i think her name was emily didn't she have to die before the women before women got their vote like honestly yeah this is why like people always say like you know when we were protesting during covid and stuff and they're like why are you protesting Mm. there's covid and i'm like Mm. i'm not being funny Mm. yeah but we are at the the like the receiving end of covid like we're the ones that are dying Mm. but we're still saying we're gonna go Mm. outside because guess what we've been dying since like the 1400s yeah. or 1400s or 1600s mm. or where, whenever it is that slavery started mm. so i think it's so unfortunate mm. but lives have to be lost and blood has to be shed for change to happen because otherwise mm. they're just going to think that you're not serious mm. do you know what i mean mm. yeah it's not until yeah, people start 100%. losing their lives and they're like i'm willing to die for this cause that they're like oh mm. snap mm. so you, you people really want it like that and it's mad because now mm. i'm thinking about it. jesus actually died for us oh god this is just <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. It's mad. Damn, man. No, this was a good episode, I think. Like, I really hope that you guys were able to take something from it as well. I think being able to reflect on how we, I never saw it as a 360 before Beatrice, but like Mm, now being able to reflect on it and be like, damn, yeah, like we actually are. we actually are that progress but we have a lot more wisdom that we're able to impart into our areas of work and stuff and i think um if you happen to be black as well and like you're one of the few black people in your company like utilize that i'm not gonna lie like do Mm -hmm. what you can do yeah it is hard and like yeah you're gonna have to you know you know talk in front of loads of people and give these massive presentations and stuff but at the end of the day, we're working from home. Someone told me the other day, you're so good at presenting. I was like, I have a script in front of me. You just can't see yeah. it. Do you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, hope you guys enjoyed it. That was the end of our first episode of the Black History Month series. Um, but stay tuned for our next one. Thank you for listening, guys. It's Beatrice. And it's Sharon. Bye.